few of us. Okay, good. And the rest of you know it now, right? It's great. It's a nice, easy song to learn. And uh, let me encourage you, even now where you're sitting there, Lord, I thank you for... You know, it's always good to give the Lord thanks and praise for who he is and what he has done. Amen? A little weak, but we'll take it today, okay? Because you're watching the kids like, oh, look at all the kids going out. All right, which is a good thing that they're here, not that they're going out. All right, Stacy, we're going to run this, and then I'm going to come back up. All right. Hello, I'm authentic. And I'm religious. Ooh, a helmet. Nice touch. This, my friend, is the helmet of salvation. I ram people with it in the face. You ram people with it? What are you talking about? These are desperate times. Why have a helmet unless you can use it to lay a hit on somebody? I guess you could always explain the dangers of not wearing a helmet. Set! Or you could explain how the helmet has helped you. Don't! 316! Explain how your life was before the helmet and how your life Head. is now. Let me guess. Persecution? Stone me in the face with your fist on <laughs> All right. Hopefully you have a little fun with that as you look. Guess what we're going to look at today, huh? The helmet of salvation. You know, isn't it interesting that once in a while, somebody comes along who has incredible knowledge about things, especially when it comes to Bible kind of things, and they let you know it, don't they? It's almost like they got that helmet on and they're just waiting to hit you with it. Well, maybe we should know a lot, but we should be more discerning in how we share it. Amen. And so uh, I appreciate that little sketch as we watched it today because it is true. Sometimes we know things, but it's how we present it and how we share it. And especially if somebody doesn't know Jesus and all of a sudden we hit them with this thing and that thing and we teach them and show them and boy, before we know it, it's like they're stepping back like, what in the world are you talking about and why are you talking to me about it this way? So all of a sudden we need to have a little perspective of how we wear the armor God has told us. We're in this series concerning being battle ready, being prepared. And so the helmet of salvation is not something that you roll over uh, somebody else with incredible knowledge about Bible truths. It's given to us to uh, give us assurance of knowing what we believe. It's interesting because when you hear the word the helmet of salvation, if you're a Christian, sometimes we may not, we may know what it means or we might not know what it means. What it does not mean is referring to the moment you trust Jesus as your savior. Because this helmet is already given after you become a believer. He says, here's the armor that you as a believer get to wear. We've looked at a number of those pieces already. I just want to refer to them real quickly. Uh, we review the pieces. The first, we talked about the belt of truth. And so we buckle it up. In other words, we're truthful people. People can count on us when we share something that it's true. It's real. They don't have to wonder, are they lying to me? Or are they telling the truth? We saw next but that we put over us the breastplate of righteousness. In other words, we live a righteous life before others. Not that we're any better than anybody else, but we know Jesus and he keeps us protected from those things that could come against us that we, we guard ourselves. We talked about the shoes for the gospel of peace. That means we have a defensive stand that we stand for what is right and what is true concerning Jesus 
And we also have an offensive side that we use to go forward in sharing the gospel. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you just shared the gospel with somebody? Just shared how you came to know Jesus as your Savior. The Bible says we're, we're there, we're to have it, we're to give it because we are to pass it on. And then we talked last week about the shield of faith. Said it was not some kind of little shield, it's a giant, like two and a half wide, four feet up. And we would use it to protect us against the flaming darts that Satan throws at us. Those things that he wants to destroy our lives, he wants us to get us off track, he hits us. And so the Roman soldier... As Paul began to describe him, those people living during that day, they would visualize it very quickly. They would probably see Roman soldiers going by. And if they had read these passages, they would begin to associate that Roman soldier's armor with the armor that God gives Christians to wear. Not visibly seen as a Roman soldier, but one in which they can begin to say, hey, I see truthfulness in that person. I see that that purchase person, well, they live a little above me because they seem to be living a righteous kind of life. And it's not making fun. It's just saying, I see there's a difference in them. We see people standing for the truth of the word of God and the gospel. So they start recognizing this in people's lives. What we're going to notice today, this, this area of guarding your mind, all right, of taking the helmet of salvation. And so I love it. It just says, take the helmet of salvation. So we're going to explain it a little bit as we go along. And the first thought today is that the helmet was handed over. The helmet was handed over. It was given. Uh, we saw last week, as we said, that the Roman soldier, he had to pick up the shield of faith it wasn't something that somebody gave to him. It was right there. He picked it up, ready to go to battle. Well, that's the way it should be with the Christian. We pick up the shield of faith. We are ready to stand knowing our beliefs, knowing that we know God is the one who strengthens us through those times. But when we come to this piece of armor, this piece today of, of guarding our mind, this helmet of salvation, one of, one of the commentaries said this, th this week, this week, we see that the idea of taking this next piece of armor actually means to receive or accept it. It was given to the soldier by the attendant or the armor bearer. So if you would visualize in your mind, there's a group of soldiers. They've already geared themselves somewhat up. They've carried their, their uh, excuse me, their, uh, Excuse me, I'm losing track today, so you just got to help me. Uh, they're taking the helmet, uh, the helmet of salvation as they're going through this line, and there's a person there in line just giving it to them. As they began to proceed, they would take it, they would put it on, make sure it fit them well, and they would go and it would help them in an incredible way. You can visualize that. Well, when we come to the spiritual dynamics, we see that God has handed it over to every believer, the helmet of salvation. As I said, it's not salvation itself. You've already trusted Christ. This is what you need to wear after you become a believer. It's given really to confirm the salvation you already have. It's to help you know that you know that you are a Christian and that you can be strong and stand for the Lord. God has given you the knowledge to help you know that you belong to God through Jesus Christ. 
It's speaking of the assurance of your salvation, knowing that you belong to God through faith in Jesus Christ. So when we wear the helmet of salvation, we begin to understand we are protected from false philosophies, from things that come our way that might cause us to veer a different direction. So it really is crucial when we begin to see that somebody, God, is handing off to us this helmet that we so desperately need. God has given us some assurances in his word to remind us that our salvation, it's genuine, it's personal. I hope you can look back to that moment when you came to know Christ. And I hope now that you know Jesus as your Savior, that you're going further down the road and you're understanding, I know I am a believer. So we're going to look at more of that as we go through this message today. But the helmet, it was handed over. It was given to them. Well, the helmet also protected the head. Now, I want you to look at a series of pictures, and I want you to think this. What do these have in common? So go ahead and roll those through. Let you look a little bit. All right. Sorry, it's the wrong team. Not the team I wanted on there. But, hey, you know, sometimes you just got to take it, don't you? So we, we saw a number of pictures. We saw the different helmets. We saw the Roman soldier's helmet. We saw the hard hat, the biker, the football players. And they're there to protect the head of the one wearing them, right? Uh, we've recently seen different ones with having situations happen to them in sports, and that's the way it goes. Well, the soldier's helmet, it protected him from any kind of blow coming his way. Uh, the Roman soldier would have it there because he would be in direct combat with those who, to whom he was fighting. So he had to know that his body was protected and especially uh, his, his head. You know, in today's society, we have all heard of the devastation of someone who's had severe head trauma. I have a relative who went and was in a car wreck and literally she'll never be able to live on her, on her own the rest of her life. She spent the last 15, 20 years because of the head trauma that happened to her, and she's not able to communicate. You know, I found it interesting. A lot of you know that I had a concussion playing basketball. My family loves to tease. So they have all these ideas of what I should be wearing when I'm out there playing basketball. Well, I, I, you saw those four pictures. I don't think any of those help, so I'll just do what I can, right? We, as Christians, though, we sometimes fail to think, hey, I don't need it. I see it, but man, it's just, you know, it messes up my hair. Or it doesn't look good with the rest of my outfit. But you know what really matters is that we are wearing what God has given to us. Amen? We wear it, we take it. And the Christian soldier's helmet, there's a lot of reasons it's given for us. The big one is protection, as we've already said. So let's look at a few thoughts. And you can add on to this as you go along in your own life. The, the Christian soldier's helmet, it protected him from uncertainty and fear. You ever been in those moments in your Christian walk and all of a sudden you seem paralyzed by fear? Something comes your way, and rather than knowing you just, I just need to trust the Lord in this, you allow that thing to seize you. You step back, you, you've become a little faint, you wonder, am I going to make this through? Oh, no, what I'm going to do, what's going to happen? And on and on and on you go because you begin to fear. The helmet of salvation protects those thoughts, those emotions, and it helps us to understand that we can be strong. 
Now, there certainly are times that there should be fear, but it's not dealing with a Christian. In Acts chapter 24, verse 25, listen as I read and follow along. As Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I'll send for you. Paul was so diligent in standing for his faith. He was wearing the armor all the time. He's sharing with Felix, the Roman governor, the leader in the area, about Jesus Christ and about faith and about future judgment. Sadly, rather than accepting it, Felix was filled with fear. And rather than listen in, he said, hey, 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 come back. I'll bring you back at a later time. He was incredibly fearful. And may I challenge you, if you're watching today or you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, there should be a sense of fear. There should be a sense of knowing that there is coming a day that there will be future judgment concerning you. The Bible says we're all going to be judged in a certain way. Christians will be examined to see if what they have done for Christ was real and genuine. Those who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, they will pay for their sins throughout all eternity. The Bible really does talk about a place called hell. It does declare that if you don't allow Jesus to pay for your sins and you trust him for that, that you will pay for your own sins forever. There should be a sense of fear when it comes to not knowing Jesus. Felix, this brave, strong Roman governor, all of a sudden when the spirit of the word of God is impacting his life, became incredibly fearful. Sometimes that's what it takes to get somebody to wake up and see this is a reality. But let me say this to you, if you are already a believer in Christ, when we wear the helmet of salvation and we understand that God is there to protect us and especially our minds, our brains, that part of us that helps lead the rest of the body, that there should not be these deep senses of fear. God said, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And when we allow fear to overtake us, all of a sudden we realize I'm not wearing what God has already given to me. I'm not allowing that helmet to be there for me. And so sometimes that protection is given to us to protect us from uncertainty and fear. Sometimes it protects us from doubt. You know, when we doubt Satan has us right where he wants us. Why? Because usually when we begin to doubt, we are at a standstill. We were talking about this in class today. You don't have to raise your hand, but after you became a believer, you may have had some times that you began to doubt. Am I really a Christian? Do I really know Jesus is my Savior? Because doubts start to invade your heart. Now, usually, deep conviction will lead somebody to understand they're a Christian or not. Doubts usually come from Satan or maybe self, and then we begin to wonder. Well, when you have these doubts concerning your own salvation, guess what happens? You never tell anybody else about Jesus. Because all of a sudden, you're starting to wonder yourself, well, do I really know him myself? And then you quit telling any about, anyone about it. First John chapter 5, there's some incredible assurance found in the Word of God. And this is the testimony 
God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Now catch this, so that you may, what's that next word? Know that you have eternal life. God doesn't want you to doubt about your salvation. He wants you to have that helmet of salvation with the assurance that you know him personally. But you know, doubt can also do something else and cause you to stand still, and that deals with direction in life. We all make a ton of decisions in life, don't we? But if we start doubting, and you ever been in that position where you're thinking this, and then you're thinking this, and then you're back forth, and then there's something else, and before you realize it, you're just spinning. You're not going anywhere. You're not heading forward as God may want you to head forward because you keep questioning with those kind of thoughts, those kind of doubts that come in your mind. I love how in the Old Testament, Proverbs 3 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. All of a sudden, you move from the doubt and the questions about your own self to a direction that says, Lord, I am leaning on you. I am trusting you. I'm asking you to direct my life how it needs to be directed. And as I do that, I can be fully assured that you're going to lead me. And so, Lord, I'm going forward. If you edge me a little bit, that's the direction I'm heading. And God, I'm going to trust you. Isn't it amazing how this helmet of salvation helps us to overcome fear, to overcome doubt? Also, it guards against false teachings. In the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 8, it says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. We live in a culture and a world today that says, <laughs> absolutely, so I don't get it, they say absolutely there are no absolutes. So you believe what you want to believe and don't believe what you don't want to believe and just go on through life. But yet the Bible says there are incredible standards in which we are to live. We're to live a life that follows along with what the Word of God tells us. And it helps us understand what we need to believe and why. And so when we come to these moments in life that we're questioning we have to get in the Word and find out the truth. If you've read through the book of Galatians, you will notice that most of that book is dealing with false teachers who have come into the church to try to redirect their thinking. And when they redirect their thinking, they're not following the ways of the Lord. There are so many philosophies, it spoke about that here, didn't it, in Colossians. So many philosophies that come our way that we can be bombarded with, that we can start to think, well, that makes a little bit of sense, or that makes a little bit of sense, or the more you hear it, the more you give into it, and the more you give into it, the more the truth gets pushed to the side, and you, maybe you start believing, well, this is okay, that's okay. And before you know it, you've got all kind of upheaval in your heart and your life. The Bible says here that when we wear the helmet of salvation, it protects us from false teachings. The more you know and the more you trust in the Word of God, the more you're going to be protected. 
probably ever since you were a kid, being in church. If it's been a good church, you have heard them say, you need to be a student of the Word of God. Why? Because it directs our life if we obey it, if we know it. But if we don't know it, we can just flounder any direction we may head with the, with the seemingly current of the day. And so we have to be so careful. We realize that we are there. The helmet was handed over to us. It's there to protect us. But then we see the third point today is this. The helmet was valuable. Charles Stanley said this concerning this passage. The Roman helmet was the most costly and ornate piece of armor. Many of them were made of bronze with leather attachments to them. And by this, it showed the cost or the value of the piece. It was the most costly because of what it protected. The Roman soldier knew that if he got hit in the head, he could probably die as well as those vital organs. But if the brain is not functioning correctly, there could be all kind of issues even the rest of his life. As I mentioned, one of my relatives in the car wreck. And so they understood how difficult and how important it was to wear the helmet. It was valuable, not just by the way it was made, but because of what it protected. Anil Aranha said this, our minds are battlefields where the war rages. Hey, we've been there, haven't we? Maybe today you've already had something cross your mind and like, whoa, where did that come from? How did that get in there? Before you know, you've gone down the road a little bit with that thought and it's there. We get bombarded with all kinds of thoughts, doubt, fear, wrong philosophies that we just mentioned, things that can come against us that if we are not careful, we give into those things. Our minds are the battlefield where the war rages. Therefore, our minds are incredibly value, valuable, and how we guard them are of utmost importance. Do we begin to see why God gave Paul this whole concept, this whole illustration of the importance of each piece of armor and what it protected and what it helped that individual believer do? You see, what you believe leads to what you do. And what you put in leads to your beliefs. I'm not against watching things I disagree with because I know my foundation. And so there are times I will see or watch something and it says, nope, that's not real. That's not true. That's not right. Because I already have the foundation from the word of God. But if we haven't laid a foundation within our hearts and our lives, our minds, we can give in to things we should not. What we put in leads to our belief system. Warren Wiersbe, though, said this, wearing the helmet shows a mind controlled by God. Isn't it amazing how God takes care of us? Isn't it amazing how he gives us exactly what we need for every part and phase of our lives if we're willing to accept what he's given us? So we take that helmet of salvation, we put it over our heads, we know that now we are going to be able to stand and stand against our enemy. Well, what are some of the benefits or the value of the helmet of salvation? Here's just a few today. First of all, it brings assurance of salvation. We talked a little bit about it be before, but here's something that Jesus said. John chapter 10. 
He said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Aren't those incredible words of truth? That if I know Jesus as my Savior, I'm never going to lose it. I'm going to know that I already have eternal life. There's nothing that can take it away from me. Even if my belief system would change a little bit, there's the truth of what God has said. Wearing the helmet brings assurance of salvation. Paul was telling Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he says, That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because, catch this, I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted him until that day. God gives us incredible assurances through knowledge of the word of God to know that we are believers and we will be with him forever when that time comes. Wearing the helmet also produces spiritual growth. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Listen, the more we are confident in our faith in the Lord and we're trusting and growing, the more praise we give, isn't it? I love how he started in that verse. He says that I can know that I, I know the Lord, but now because of that, I give him honor and glory. There should be something springing up within us every day. Said, Lord, you have blessed me. I know you. I know I'm going to heaven. I know that you're with me right now, no matter what I go through. And Lord, I give you praise because I know I can't do this on my own. But you have filled my heart with peace and joy. It also gives me hope. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 But since we belong to the day... Let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. You know, there are times we get down. We're human. Some of you maybe have gone through a rough time recently. Some of you have experienced some things that, boy, just like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it another day. There are times we get down. But as a Christian, we should never stay down. We should realize, God, I'm not made to stay down. You have saved me. You have lifted me up, and I'm here to be raised up. And therefore, God, you give me hope. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love again, and the hope of salvation as the helmet. Hopelessness, it leads to despair. You ever read some of the stories of POWs in war? The difficulties they went through, the sense of hopelessness. Or I remember reading concerning the Great Depression, the stock market crash, and people will just jump out of windows, ending their lives, thinking that I have no hope. I remember reading about Japan a couple decades ago, and there was so much pressure in the academic realm. They had to succeed that sometimes students could not handle it, and they would take their own lives. You see, when hopelessness comes in, it ultimately leads to despair and even worse. Sometimes it's the feeling of loss. Sometimes there's family pressure. Sometimes there's even illnesses. 
I knew somebody who said earlier in their lives that, man, they just felt so depressed over their physical pain and, and situations that they contemplated taking their own life. Fortunately, they didn't, but they felt like it. You see, when hopelessness comes, we struggle. But when we have hope, we realize that hope gets us through the day and the night. We realize that hope lifts us from our discouragement. We realize that hope reminds us of the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is, as believers in Christ, this isn't all there is. This moment isn't all that I will go through. God will get me through it, and I will be lifted up. And in this life, as difficult as it may be, Paul talked about suffering we read earlier. There is a future that will be forever. Paul referred to it, this light moment of suffering I mean, throughout how many decades, too, that he went through suffering for Christ. But he said, this momentary suffering that I go through can't even begin with the eternal weight of glory in which I will have with my Lord and Savior forever. See, when we see the bigger picture, it helps us get through what we're going through at this moment in life. And so the helmet of salvation, it helps us, it gives us hope, and it leads, as I just referred to, the promise of an eternal future. 1 Thessalonians 5.8, since we belong to the day. It's referring to our faith in Jesus, our knowledge that we are, are part of light and life, and we can go forward and through that. Philippians 1.6, I love it, it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Do you realize there are some things that happen in our lives that are not easy? There are some things that we look back and when we're in that moment, we may say, Lord, I don't understand and I don't like it. But Lord, I am confident that you are working every single situation in my life to produce in me the outcome of being more like Jesus. He never said that every situation was good, that every event was good, but he said, for you, because you belong to me and I love you and I care for you, I'm going to allow that horrible negative thing to be something that will bring greater glory to me and a stronger you through me. Listen, some of you have gone through some incredible things in life. Your stories are, are impactful because you have weathered that storm and stuck with the Lord and you have seen how he has taken care of you, provided for you, helped you through that crisis of life and given you that assurance that this little thing here, as big as it seems at the moment, is not the end. Lord, you are my end. You are the one I trust. Wearing the helmet also reminds me of the truths of God's word. The helmet of salvation, it enables us to maintain total confidence in victory, no matter how long the battle may seem to last here on earth. We have a salvation that is certain and eternal. We cannot be ultimately defeated. There is absolutely no room for continued discouragement in light of the helmet of salvation unless we take off the helmet. I love how a man wrote this. I didn't know him, but I was given permission. It was from Steve Hall. 
He said this concerning the truths of God's word. You ever been to those moments when you're having a rough time and all of a sudden God will plant back into your mind something that you've already put there concerning the word of God? Well, that's what he does in this that I'm about to read. He says this, I confess that in due season I shall reap if I do not faint. Galatians 6, 9. I confess that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed to me. Romans 8, 18. I confess that my light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for me a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. I confess that Christ Jesus in me is the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27 I confess that whom he justified, these he also glorified. Romans 8.30 I confess that now is my salvation nearer than when I first believed. Romans 13.11 And finally, I confess that I can do all things through him, through Christ, who strengthens me. You see, when we guard our minds, we receive mental and spiritual victory. He gives us the ability to cope and, and grab truth rather than lies that come our way. He helps us see the perspective of what is real, not what we think is real. And he helps us through that. And so it is crucial to guard our minds with the hope and with the insurance of our knowledge of our salvation, with our knowledge of God's word, that it is true and I can bank on it, I can count it, count on it because it is real. And so with the helmet of salvation, I determine I will guard my mind through his word. Oh, may I challenge you, when you go home today or you get up tomorrow and you begin to open up the pages of this book, that you say, this is not just something for me to say I've had my devotions today. That I can get another little check mark with God. This is God saying, I've got something real and genuine for you. I've got something that is going to give you, maybe not at that very moment, what you need, but after you have taken it in and you're somewhere down the road in life and all of a sudden, boom, life hits you in a big way. And God says, remember what you put in there? I'm going to show you right now and remind you how important that was because it's truth. Because it's real. And because you're wearing that helmet of salvation, you are being guarded from all those things and feelings and emotions that are bombarding you at this moment. And you are believing truth. God knows what we need, doesn't he? Truthfulness righteousness, feet ready to share the gospel and stand firm in what we believe, faith that conquers all those flaming darts, those arrows that come our way, quenching them, not just deflecting. Remember we talked last week? And today, the helmet of salvation that protects the truth for what it is within us. So may I challenge you, God says it's not just to go through a museum and say, oh, this is what the Roman soldiers wore. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> no, it's an emblem and emblems 
of what we are to be wearing every day. We still got a couple weeks. We're going to look at a few more thoughts concerning what the Lord says we're to have. But what about you today? Have you begun believing things that somewhere deep down in you, you know is not really true? But you've sort of given in because you've listened to the philosophies of life. That you've allowed doubt and fear to just create deep crevices within you. And now you need to say, Lord, those things are not real. I'm putting on that helmet of salvation. I'm going to believe the truth. And God, every time those doubts come, I'm going back to this moment. I'm saying I'm wearing it. Because, Lord, it's you who is going to give me the strength to get through what I need for this day. Amen? He's the one. He's the one. Father, today I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy upon us. Lord, challenge our hearts. Lord, help us to understand the power that you give us in our lives, not in and of ourselves, but through you and through what you've give, equipped us with. Father, if there are those who are struggling in this area, God, Help them to put that helmet back on. Lord, help them to confess the things they need to confess and march forward as a soldier, a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we take this moment before we even sing, Father, maybe there are those that you're speaking to through your spirit. Lord, they're struggling, they're believers, but Lord, they have allowed some situations to overtake them. Lord, may they realize you for who you are and your word for what it is. God, give them victory. Lord, I pray that if there are those listening today that do not know Jesus Christ, I pray they would be struck with the sense of fear and awe of who you are, but also realizing that you do not want to leave them where they are. You want them to become part of your family through believing Jesus as their Savior, admitting their own sin and their need of the Son of God in their lives. Lord, if they have questions, may they talk to us. If they understand it, may they just simply trust in you. Lord, we thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Steve's going to lead us. If you need to pray, you feel that comfort to do so, whatever God is leading you today. Page 480, only trust him. to see everyone today. Thank you for being a part. Let me encourage you with a few thoughts. Wednesday nights, we're just, I'm enjoying it. 
I think those who are coming and joining, we're sort of putting a skeleton to the Old Testament, trying to find out what each book of the Bible is about. It's just been a great time together. Uh, hard to believe Easter is right around the corner. So we'll be having a cantata before, and then Easter Sunday, we'll be having that special day. So please encourage family and friends. A lot of times it's Christmas and Easter. You got family here. You know what I'm saying? Or friends. So let's be praying that God will move in people's hearts those days and pray that they'll come. Pray that this might be a life changer day for them. It's not just a day for us. It's a day for everyone. Amen. Amen. Steve, would you mind closing us in prayer today?